Once again, the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show as we preview the 2015 MLS season. And now we talk about the Montreal Impact. And joining me, of course, is Kevin Laramie from the Off the Woodwork podcast. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? I am great, Daniel. It's a great time in Montreal right now. The buzz has finally hit the city a couple days. Well, tomorrow is uh, the first leg of the CONCACAF quarterfinals. Really excited about that. Absolutely. And that's going to be a big, big matchup before the season gets underway. And of course, uh, with the CBA negotiations still going on, at least Montreal will be able to have their players fight for this uh, CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinal first leg. And that's going to be, I think, against Pachuca. Exactly. Uh, oh, that's going to be a big matchup. Of course, the last time I think it was uh, Santos Laguna that uh, Montreal took on a long time ago before uh, coming into uh, MLS, I believe, in that big first leg 2-0 victory at the Stade Olympique. Exactly. But then the reality came back and came back with a hurry in Santos Laguna and Torreon where uh, Santos Laguna just destroyed the dreams of Montreal fans. But it's a new day, it's a new beginning, 2015 quarterfinals. Uh, we're still unbeaten by Pachuca, so who knows what's going to happen on Tuesday. Absolutely. And, of course, that first leg match will be down in Mexico, so that's a good thing for you uh, with the away goals rule. And hopefully you can knock in a couple of away goals before you come back up to Montreal in that second leg uh, quarterfinal. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about that trade again. Obviously... There's been some problems with Ambrose Ayungo not reporting to Montreal because of some sort of language that either his agent has been messing up with, or now we understand that the uh, either the Cameroonian Federation or the First Division League of Cameroon is now talking about he's not coming to back to MLS because of some sort of it's not a real transfer, it's not a trade, this is not is illegal, he shouldn't be there or whatever it is. What have you heard recently about this situation? Because it just seems like it's a big question mark. As of right now, Ambrose Yongo is suspended by the Montreal Impact until he reports through the club, either well, in Montreal. Until he reports to the club, he's just a training camp, he is suspended. What his agent is saying is that the, the agreement that the Cameroon Federation, his former club, and the Red Bulls or Major League Soccer will have, because Major League Soccer, as we know, is a single entity, well... They had an agreement, a normal contract for our point of view, but for them, they, I don't think they knew that it was a single entity, to be honest. It's, I, I think it's a question of people not knowing all the repercussion of joining the type of league that Major League Soccer is, and then when things can happen, like a trade, like you don't really, you do choose where you come in the league, but you never know where you're going to end up in this type of league. Ayongo was part of the trade that brought Felipe to New York, and uh, Oyongo still hasn't showed up, and they never really understood the process, and they're trying to fight it now because, for some reason that I don't get, Oyongo doesn't want to come to Montreal, which, in my opinion, he would be a, a better environment for him, even though he was good in New York last year. He he liked it. Well, Montreal, in my opinion, could be probably more fitting to him and his lifestyle. I agree with you. I think uh, right now he's making a mistake. I think uh, Ambrose Oyongo, I understand, you know, look, New York is a great city. I don't... 
I mean, I understand why he's probably feeling like this, but the truth of the matter is Montreal is a great city too, and obviously everyone speaks French. He doesn't have to worry about a language barrier. He doesn't have to worry about not speaking the language because he has probably other players that are from African countries that do speak French as well. So I, I, I just think he's making a bad, bad mistake here, not reporting up to Montreal. I so think now, it's I think one, it, of, uh, one of those famous cases that he's getting just bad advice from uh, I, people I, that are not aware of the real situation. Absolutely. I agree with you as well. I think he is getting bad advice and I think he should just come to Montreal, go to the impact, just report, apologize and just move on. That's what it should be. Unfortunately, we'll see what else is going on. But, you know, Montreal right now is developing a great side here. Obviously, uh, Maxime Tissot will probably be a part of Canada, uh, Montreal's plans, I should say. Mm-hmm. You have the, Canada uh, too, though. Canada too in the future. And Canada too, of course. So let's not forget, World Cup qualifying is also back in session uh, going to Russia for 2018 when we play these uh, next uh, qualifiers round two games in June. Um, you do have Nigel Rio Coker, mm-hmm. who came over in a, in a deal with Vancouver uh, from England. Uh, I think that's a great pickup. Yeah, he was he was picked from Chivas actually. Uh, uh, Chivas, you would say that's right. That's right. Before uh, Chivas uh, ended their uh, existence, you have Dominic Oduro as well up top. It's going to be a very interesting pickup there as well. Oduro is probably one of my favorite moves that the Impact that Adam Brad, technical director of the Montreal Impact, did this off season. The other great move that I liked it was Laurent Simard. The whole situation and. It was basically a luck. It was Montreal was given the opportunity of getting that type of player, which we haven't really seen that type of player in Major League Soccer. A Belgium center back, big defender, big body, strong, imposing, intimidating type of player. It's going to be great to have him in Montreal. That move, the Aduro, Aduro, the fast, his pace, the speed he has. He's probably top five in the league. And to be honest, in CONCACAF, we'll see on Tuesday how he fares in Mexico, in Estadio Hidalgo. But I believe his top 10 quickness in CONCACAF as well. That guy is really speedy and has been underrated, as my opinion. Now, right at this moment with Montreal, because to me it seems like um, the head coach, Frank Lopas, is trying to develop this team that uh, with a rotation, uh, it looks like he's becoming midfield heavy. Mm-hmm. And to me, it seems like he's trying to have a rotation here uh, as if there is a season, which I would like to think there will be, but, but that's besides the point. I'd like to, I believe he's trying to have a rotation here to keep his players fresh as he's going down the season as well as Champions League play. Yes, well, yeah. there's a good problem that really is uh, out of luck. Because of the trade with the Red Bulls, some of the players that Montreal did get are cap-tied in the CONCACAF Champions League because they played for New York last year. So, Eric Alexander, for example, same for if Oyongo ever shows up, he's cap-tied. Eric Kromberg, the goalkeeper that Montreal got, he was the backup, but he was uh, there to maybe play more in MLS for not the whole season. Evan Bush, in my opinion, is the number one, but Eric Kromberg is cap-tied in CONCACAF as well because of this Kansas City. So mm-hmm. that takes that problem out of the occasion. I think you have to split the midfield in two right now. You have three players for two position for the defensive midfielder because Montreal's going to play a 4-2-3-1 in my opinion. That's what they've been showing in practice and Frank Lopez really likes that 4-2-3-1. So for the two defensive midfielder, it's Patrice Bernier, Rigel, Nigel Rio Coker, and uh, Marco Donadel, the Italian 
midfielder that needed um, impact signed in the offseason as well. Those three are fighting for those two positions. And we'll see in Pachuca who starts, but in my opinion, it's going to be Rio Coker and Donadell, players that have experience of playing in hostile territories. So we'll see that on Tuesday. For the three attacking midfielders, there's four guys, maybe five if you include Aljuro, that are fighting for those three spots. If you're looking at Piatti, there's always the option of putting Piatti more of the left wing where he used to play. Or with his qualities and his skills and his tactic awareness, you can put him at attack midfielder right in the middle where he can feed a guy like either Aduro or Jack Mack, which are two different type of strikers, but can use the skills that uh, Piatti has there. Then you get to the right side of thing. You can put Justin Mapp, who has a great left foot, can come back in, be dangerous from far away, and be able to curl that ball in the net from 30 yards with his left foot from the right side. You can do that. You can put Romero, who is uh, injured right now. He's on the plane traveling back from Mexico to Montreal. He's not going to play this week. But eventually, during the season, he can be there as well, doing a fast 1-2 and overlapping, even with Piatti over Don Maduro. And you can put Arduro there if you're putting Jack Mack a single up top. Arduro, with his speed, can be there on the side. There's a lot of combination in that midfield. That one game against Pachuca is going to tell a lot. And on top of it, Eric Alexander is cap-tied because of the New York last year. Well, he's going to be in the mix this season in those same type of positions. So, uh, a really a midfield-heavy team right now. Absolutely. I agree with you there. Obviously, uh, some great players retired or uh, have decided to break their contracts and move on to play somewhere else. There will be no Thierry Henry, uh, no Tim Cahill, and uh, no Marco DeVaio. He, of course, retired at the end of last year. How difficult will it be not seeing DeVaio grace the pitch at Stad Saputo as well as the Olympic Stadium? Before the Dominic Aduro trade, I would have said it was going to be really difficult because you have the Jack Mack, the heir apparent to Marco DeVaio. That is uh, not an image of DeVaio, but we saw him play with DeVaio. It's like a continuity, and it makes us remember DeVaio and maybe miss DeVaio in a way when when Jack Mack goes in his slump because he's always hot until June. And from June to September, he's in a slump. And if it was going to be up to him all alone in that slump, would have really missed DeVaio. Now with Dama Juro, different type of striker. A guy that if you connect at the right time, he can be all alone because of his pace on top and can finish and bury the ball and be a presence of a target man as well. Different than DeVaio. I think it gives Montreal a different look and a maybe a different style that's more consistent for our Major League Soccer play. Absolutely. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. Um, have you... I know last year was a year you want to forget because Montreal had a horrible year in the league. But do you think Frank Klopas has fixed these problems and Montreal can avoid being at the basement of the Eastern Conference? Well, I think Montreal will avoid being in the basement of the conference. Answering the question, did Klopas fix what was wrong? That, I don't know that. What I do know, though, is for the first time in three years, well, four years now in Major League Soccer... We have the same head coach that starts this year that started last year. I'm like Frank Lopez. I'm still not the one. It would not have been my choice. It would have been technical director of the impact. But technically, it wasn't the case. So I did not have any say whatsoever in the, cho- the choosing of him. But I would have chose somebody else uh, because I have contacts in Chicago and had a lot of rumors and seen a lot of things happening in the Chicago thing. 
And right now, though, so far, so good when you back. Yeah, the season sucked last year. It wasn't the best. It wasn't this type of season that the fans wanted. One thing we did get out of the season, consolation prize, CCL, gives a different type of feeling, gives a at least something to be thankful for for 2014 and something that we can hang on to. And that's what the teams gathered behind. The team gathered behind Klopas, or they're gathering behind Klopas because at least they got something out of the season. They could have thrown away in May last year and just phone in the rest of the season. No, they actually played better and you saw improvement in the last month and a half. And hopefully the first month and a half is going to be really important because of the CBA, CONCACAF and all those reasons. Hopefully there's a continuation of those efforts being seen, the results of those efforts on the pitch. Absolutely. And all I can say is that good luck with uh, Montreal, of course, in the CONCACAF Champions League. That first match will be down in uh, in Pachuca, down in Mexico, this coming Tuesday at 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, it should be a fantastic first leg, and hopefully Montreal will take the advantage and uh, lead uh, when they come back for the second leg. And let's hope there's also uh, the, the opening season of the 2015 season. Uh, this will be interesting with uh, Montreal now because, you know, the last time there was a CBA, I don't think Montreal was that was involved or... No, it was uh, still in the works. It was still a dream. Major League Soccer was still a dream five years ago when the, the CBA was up. Yeah. Yeah. So this is... Uh, you're nervous right now and I don't blame you. If you're nervous and every other Impact supporter is nervous because of this whole CBA situation, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but at least we got something to sink our teeth in. That Pachuca game, uh, you can. There's a off the woodworks to preview show, and you talked about Devayo, your retirement. I made a great show a couple months ago, Marco Devayo retirement special. If you want to learn more about Devayo, the man, the legend, the career, the new vice president, well, not vice president, the assistant of the technical director for Bologna, you can listen to that as well, Dan. Awesome. Thank you very much, Kevin, and uh, good luck with 2015. Uh, thank you very much, and I, and I hear you have Dwayne Rollins on the show after me. So uh, here's to you, Dwayne, and uh, look for Tim Holt on USL President on the Two Solitudes podcast this week. And don't forget, Kevin Laramie is the king of podcasts in Canada. Thanks again, Kevin. I'll talk to you soon. Bonne soirée.